Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like we're never gonna see us again. Come on over. Come on over. And a good evening to you all. It is 11 p.m. straight up, and Pure Gold is once again live and on the air for this Tuesday night. June 6, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything it tells it like it is. My name is JB, and my co-host, as always, is DG. Sir, how are you today? I am doing fabulous, as always. Excited to get another episode of Pure Gold underway, sir. All right. Tonight on the program, we will be graced by the presence of the real JB, not me. Julie Bueller will be (laughs) joining us tonight to talk some sports without... We definitely have a lot of sports to talk about, and, uh, you know, there's some wrestling entertainment to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got plenty to talk about. We got some sports entertainment to talk about, so, sir, uh, I know, you know, we haven't done it in a while, but why don't you give out the contact information in case we have any callers for Julie? Well, um, it's a bona fide certainty that we won't have any callers, so I'm not really sure what the point of this is, but... If you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call at 877-633-9003 or, of course, the more familiar 929-477-2593. Make sure not to check us out at puregoldpg.com, a website that has not been updated in, I think it's close to a year now. Sir, back to you. <laughs> well, I know you're going to update it soon because you mentioned it today. So, so I, know I was actually, yeah, it's funny. I was in the process of doing it yesterday, and I was like, oh, great. You know, and then I got stuck doing a whole bunch of things at the house, so I was like, eh, go to hell. <laughs> this is, you know, so, it's funny, because all this time we've been on this show, you know, trying to get these guests and everything, I just said, you know what? Go to hell! <laughs> all right. So that's my new, uh, my new attitude towards that, by the way. That's a good attitude. You know, I've been thinking about this before we went on the air um, about two minutes ago. I was thinking, man, I've known Dave for about 20 years, and the only times we really get together for the last 20 years has been, sadly, for a wrestling event. I mean, except for my wedding and your wedding, I think every other event has been a wrestling event. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, pretty much that's it. I don't think we have ever come, ever, um, any other time. That's pretty much it, sir. <laughs> pretty sad when you think about it. And uh, this past Friday was no different because, as we had promoted last week, we had a little live event back in here in Woodridge, New Jersey. Uh, GCW uh, decided to grace their presence in Woodridge High School and put on a show. And uh, let's just say things didn't go exactly smoothly <laughs> <laughs> to start. Oh, they didn't? Are you are you sure they didn't go uh, smoothly, sir? <laughs> well, let's just say that the promoter, Ricky, had a uh, sweet 16 for his daughter and left, him, uh, left uh, Damon Demento, who's a little demented if you ask me, if you listen, Danny, 
me and Dave try to challenge you to a two-on-one handicap match next time you're in town. Uh, Wait, did but, you call him Damien and then call him Danny? Like, are you kidding me? His name is Danny Demento. Yeah, but you called him Damien at first. You said Damien Demento, and then you said Danny. Hey, Danny, if you're listening, Danny, what do you say to <laughs> Danny? What do you say, no go? Me and you, we work a deal on the side? I mean, what, do you, what, what are you doing? Anyway. We had an event, GCW, and I know you have you have issues with the actual name when you say it out. It's a oh, game changer wrestling. <laughs> oh, shut up! But that that's it's, gotta be the least of the least of your gripes. So I know you came to Friday, so I do thank you once again. And uh, Dave was a, a great supporter of this event. Just um, give me your initial thoughts of what you thought about the night. Uh, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought the wrestling was better than I expected. I wasn't really sure what to expect, to be honest. And when it comes to GCW, I game a changer uh, wrestling. I do hate the name. I think it's a terrible name. I love GCW. I love the communist like uh, logo looking thing they've got going. I mean, that's awesome. Gotta love that. But um, you know, aside from that, sir, to be honest with you. I just, uh, I thought it was good. I, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I just, uh, I kind of was, you know, going there really just to support you and your, uh, your botched uh, wrestling announcing debut. I mean, that was great. But, um, you know, it was fun. It was a fun night. I, I mostly had fun just hanging out with you. And it is weird that you and I only get together for wrestling events. I mean, what, wh- what are you doing? <laughs> You're right. Uh, but anyway, like they've said, um, I was. I thought everything was going to go smooth. Like I got there early enough because I had to actually help set up the concession stand. I had to help set up not the ring itself, but you know, I get there and um, I'm looking for I guess the ring announcer who actually uh, doubles up as the uh, play-by-play guy, and I guess his name is Eli. So so I'm looking for him. I eventually awesome. see him, see him about like 10 minutes before this event starts, and I'm like, yeah, my name is Joe, and uh, I'm going to be your color guy tonight for throughout the night. And then the guy right next to him, his name is Matt. Matt's like, well, I'm the color guy. And I'm like thinking to myself, oh, boy, three-man booth. This is not going to work out well. So I'm pretty sure when Matt heard you say that, his thoughts were this. It was exactly that. Uh, but well, I mentioned to him. Go ahead. Let me ask you, sir. When you st- I just skip forward real quick. When you started announcing, I mean, did you hear this? And as a matter of fact, when they said, oh, I'm the color guy, what do you mean you don't agree with me? Do you know who you're dealing with? <laughs> we haven't used that clip in a long time. Yeah, we really haven't. Um, but honestly, when I when I heard Definitely that there was another maybe. color guy, his name was Matt, and he was there the whole night, I was thinking to myself, boy. Wait, did I, you say I, it was I wanna... Matt or Mike? Matt. Okay. It was Matt. So I was like thinking to myself, uh, I want to have a good time too. So I was like, let, let me and Dave call our own action. So I just decided to sit ringside, um, which there's only like three rows anyway, but I decided to sit ringside <laughs> with Dave and for at least the first six matches before they went into mission. And then, uh, you know, Ricky decided to come back a la Vince McMahon and decide to like destroy people and uh, kind of forced my hand and was like, you're broadcasting this match. Or you're part of this. And uh, you How know, awkward it, was that, by the way? It was pretty awkward when he was like, you know, you're sitting right here. And he literally went to go to my chair and was like, you're sitting right here. And I'm like, okay, Ricky, I guess I'm sitting right and there. And then he, he was giving you dirty looks when you weren't at the booth because you kept coming over to me and talked to me. And Ricky was giving you the death there from all across the uh, luxurious arena over there at uh, Woodbridge High School. Yeah. 
so anyway, the, I got the call, at least three of the, the main matches. I mean, Abyss was there, Crowbar were there, big names, even Matt Stryker. I thought the, the the most entertaining wrestler of the night was Matt Stryker. I think that he's uh, pretty funny, and uh, I think you'd have to agree with that. Oh, no, he was great. Um, I love Matt Stryker. Very entertaining. Um, I mean, interesting booking in that match he was in, but uh, Matt's great. There's no doubt about it. And the, the biggest draw, I guess, was Rikishi, and Rikishi was in the match early on in the card, I believe, with Matt Stryker in a six-man tag, six-man tag match. And, um, you know, he, he did his, his normal sting face, which wasn't like his signature uh, sting face. He still had a pair of, like, sweats or whatever pants on. So, I mean, the fans loved it. I think that um, the only thing that I must say is that I might be, like Dave says, I might be going to hell because I have my daughter sitting <laughs> ringside. <laughs> and oh, yeah, that you know, was, you're, you're going down for that. There's no doubt about it, sir. I mean, the fact that most of the action outside of the ring t- took place right in front of her, uh, I know that was just uh, just a bad move to get her ringside seats. And then, like, the guys go through, like, a fake cardboard, um, a piece of plywood or whatever it was, and they went through it. And right in front of Sabrina broke right in front of her. I felt so bad that she was a little scared and a little taken back. Um, but at the, in the end, I think she had a good time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she's traumatized for life, by the way. That's good parenting. Uh, that was pretty great. I loved it. Yeah, the one thing that I must say about GCW is that they they're right, you're right. The wrestling is pretty good, but um for them to actually make ESPN and I I wish I could show you this clip somehow. I, I need to show you this clip. They went the, the the next night they were in Wallington, New Jersey, which is like a town over from Woodridge and uh it was all hardcore matches. Basically the ring, the ropes instead of like the ring ropes they were actually made of barbed wire and they had a lot of hardcore matches and ESPN had picked it up. I don't know how the ESPN picked it up, but um they showed two guys actually falling off of uh, the scaffolding uh, on top of the uh, on top of this building, wherever they were at in Wallington, falling through a truck into like fire. But obviously, the fire was put out right before they landed. Uh, but you know, ESPN actually picked it up and uh, <laughs> talked about Game Changer Wrestling, and Ricky was all happy that he had made the big time. He had made ESPN. Well, I thought it was great, honestly, the fact that you're telling me. This is what happened. I mean, not for nothing. No offense to Ricky, because I know he's probably gonna get us some gas and whatnot. Hopefully, he won't listen to the show like nobody else listens to the show. But I just, to me, that's what gives independent wrestling a bad name. The fact that you got guys going through flaming tables, tempting to go through flaming tables. I mean, all this crap. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get the point. I don't get why people still do this. And it just, it just makes everything look so bad, sir. You know, looks awful. To me, it's just absolutely awful. And it makes it look low budget. It makes it look terrible. It makes it look like these guys. And what I don't get, right, is that it's such a. It, how much are these guys possibly making off of this? And then they're going through tables and, you know, like what Crowbar did when he, when he got choke slammed onto the uh, that metal, like, railing slash divider thing that they use in the street. I just don't even know. What what did make sense to me, uh, besides all of that, is like, and I understand that some of these guys will never make it to the big time, but the guys that actually made it to the big time, like uh, Rikishi, for example, a Hall of Famer who actually wore his WWE Hall of Fame ring when he first came in, for these guys to hang on to high school gyms, I can understand if you're trying to make it into the wrestling world, but I don't understand going the other way. I don't understand how you could start and make it big time and wrestle in front of huge crowds, even WrestleMania, for example, with Rikishi, and then still right. want to wrestle in high school gyms. To, to me, that that makes no sense. 
I think it's like you said. I think these guys are hanging on. I think most of them need the money, and they don't know how to do anything else. I mean, in some cases, like Crowbar, what is he like a therapist, a physical therapist or something? I yeah, mean, some of them therapist. do, but I think yeah. you know, it's 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 like a hobby for them. What I want to know is, and I know we couldn't get her on. Um, we we did get to meet finally after all these years, and I literally mean years. After all these years coming on this show, um, I mean we got to meet with the one and only. You know, the woman, the myth, uh, the legend. Uh. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you need to tune into Pure Gold every... Anyway, so the, I'm parking in the today, and the guy said, hey, uh, is that a new car? And I'm like, no, it's my mom's, whatever. I get into it. And he goes, yeah. 
you know, you should you should find a parking spot. Though. You should pay for a parking spot. I was like, yeah, but who? He was like, you pay me. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, you give me X amount of money, and you can have this spot right here, and it's a spot off the street in a driveway. Uh, we kind of hammered out. We're hammering out some of the details today. So basically, um, the fact is, I've I racked up over 150 or 160 something dollars in tickets this past month, and I pretty much oh. every month I would say I average. Uh, at least one ticket a week. This is on average because of the terrible parking situation here. So basically for the amount of money I've been paying in tickets, um, I'm going to be paying to be able to have my own parking spot, to have it all the time, you know, to not have to worry, come home, park out of whenever I want, have that old open space for me, that opportunity uh, during the day, whatever the case is, at night. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to start Friday, which is payday. Um, but I'm pretty pumped because this means I don't have to rush home and cut things short and, you know, go crazy trying to get home. I have a guaranteed parking spot waiting for me uh, every day. So that's uh, it's pretty exciting, sir. And considering I literally spend that much money on – this isn't even an exaggeration. I spent over $100 every single month on parking tickets, um, never knowing if I'm going to get one. I've gotten away with not getting tickets. I've had to park two miles from my house. Now I'm parking across the street every day. Uh, we're going to have the ability to in the snow and everything where there's no parking here. It's honestly a really, it's a huge thing for me, sir. Huge. I mean, that that is great news. The only question I have is, like, where does this guy park if he's letting you park his spot? Uh, well, they have other spots they could park on the street, if anything. Or, you know, we talked about him parking in front of me, so, like, at night I can park in, he can move in front um, while the store is open because when the store is closed, they leave, and I'll be able to get out. They come in early in the morning, so I just tell them, you know, to move the car, and I'll be out on my way. But, again, it's going to be right across the street. Literally, I can see it. I can see the car from my house, and um, it's just a huge burden lifted off my shoulders, sir. I mean, the wife and I both agreed it was a good idea, so we decided to uh, go through with it. That's great. I, I didn't even know you were getting that many tickets a month. I mean, if it's if oh, save money. It's, honestly, it's been awful. I've been getting tickets, an insane amount of tickets. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So this potential, I mean, people think that we're actually in the same room the past six years, but uh, I don't think I've ever seen Dave do a show in Pure Cold. We've been always uh, in different locations. Yeah, we're pretty much always in different locations. I don't think we've ever. Um, how, how long has it been since we've even done a show together? It's been a very long time. Uh, was the last one at 1640? I mean, I think it was. Um, I think it was at your house, but it's been years. Wow. Uh, it's been years, sir. Tonight you can come over here and do a show and, uh, you know, throw you out when the time comes. <laughs> so while we wait for Julie to uh, call in and uh, talk some sports, we might as well keep on with the sports entertainment uh, business. Um, you know, sir, I, 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 I have a wait, little gripe. Wait, time out, time out. Uh, yeah. Hold on to that gripe real quick. Let's yeah. talk, go back to GCW, Game Change Wrestling. Go ahead. For a second, what was your favorite part of the night? Other, you know, and your least favorite part of the night, other than that whole debacle that uh, resulted from, you know, the cluster, you know what, as far as everything going uh, to hell south, going straight down to hell immediately, um, and, of course, that nonsense with you calling the match and not calling the action. Total side note, by the way, whoever that guy was with the bow tie and that awful suit, Eli, you know, jabroni, you guys got a great ring announcer voice, absolutely great ring announcer voice, great presence, I mean, you know, that's the kind of guy I could see announcing legitimately in a big-time company, just absolutely great, so I wanted to just throw that out, a little, uh, little shout-out to him, sir, whatever his name is. Yeah, I think it's Eli, but uh, your question is, what was my favorite moment or my least favorite moment? Both. Both? But again, 
your your least favorite moment cannot be what happened to you with the announcing. It's got to be something else. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Least favorite moments. It would have to be when we first got there. Uh, the whole fact that like there was too many leaders and not enough people like uh, just doing work. It seemed like everybody was just. Uh, sitting around doing like you know directing traffic, and I thought that things could have been handled much smoother, uh, just in terms of handling with the wrestlers. Like the wrestlers were doing their own thing, uh, we were setting up, and I just thought it was a little bit too disorganized. And again, Ricky wasn't there, who's the promoter of this organization, right. and I think that it would have went a lot smoother had he not had his daughter's sweet 16 birthday at the time. And um, he actually says that he wants to do a lunch or dinner with us in the near future. And I don't know if it's going to happen this week, honestly, because um, I'm kind of tied up. And he's—I thought he was going to be able to do it on Thursday. You—you you said you can't do Thursday, uh, but he said that not this only Thursday, Thursday, no. Yeah, so we're going to have to catch up with him, and he wants to know. He wants our honest feedback on what we thought about the night in terms of everything. So Does he really? Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to handle that honest feedback. Uh, we may be fist fighting. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can do next Thursday. It's just my daughter's uh, softball ends literally Thursday is the last day. So I can do yeah. any other time, any other place, but just not this Thursday. Well, the guy has a sick schedule. He really, like I said, he, he commutes back and forth to Tennessee, which is sick. Um, but but I got to say, my, my favorite moment, um, I, I gotta, I'll got i be totally, totally, totally honest. If if you had not come to that event, I would have been one miserable <laughs> SOB. Because I, I would have been just sitting there, like, looking at Andrea, who, like you know, my wife was actually there, too. And, and you could tell oh, by looking at her face. So upset. She had this look on her face. I kept looking at her, and I, honestly, I was getting scared for my life. She had this <laughs> death stare on her face, and she said it. The funny thing is she kept saying, yeah, people just keep telling me that. Of course they kept telling you that. You look like a maniac. Her eyes were bulging <laughs> out of her head. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fact that Ricky had um, given her a lot of stuff that they said that they were going to do, they were going to try and make it very interactive, and I thought that that was a great idea by Ricky at the time, like, to get – the wrestling coach, the football coach, all involved in this because what you want to do is not only do you want to make money, but you want to have people say, wow, I had a great time. I hope it's you guys are back soon. Right. Well, I mean, the you thing is to... this, and I think this is a big mistake, that people were so upset that that stuff didn't happen that they're never going to want to work with him again in that specific location. But yeah. if it had... If it had gone off the way that it was supposed to, it would have been such a huge thing. They would have loved it, even if the turnout wasn't what they wanted it to be. And I, I kept saying, it looked like a pretty nice skate. I thought they, I thought it was a nice skate. <laughs> it was definitely a nice skate. Get that. that. That's a good gate. But if all those things had gone well, you would have had more feedback, and they would have said, wow, it's a great time. Next time, everybody come out, and they would have got better turnout. But it was so bad, and things went down the toilet so quickly, and, you know, they went south, north, all over the place. There's just no way. So that's the thing that kind of screwed him up. It really did. And, again, him not being there probably um, didn't help things. And Definitely the fact it. that he, he should have not put a wrestler, even though I guess this wrestler was his number one guy in terms of uh, trust. There's another guy that we met named Ron who was actually taking care of Rikishi uh, the whole night, which I think that uh, that's a bit much. I think somebody else could have actually catered to Rikishi, uh, and this guy Ron could have held the, the thing. Because, like you said, if these guys and you made it interactive with the community, they would have had, everyone would have had a good time. And um, the only question that I guess I have is, like, how do you promote a wrestling event other than posters around town, Facebook messages, Twitters, 
um, because Ricky was expecting close to 400, 400 to 500 people, and I think we only got about two, maybe tops 200 people. So how would you promote something I think something it may like have this? been a little more than that, but it's still a pretty nice gate. Yeah, but what do you think? I mean, you, uh, how do you promote a local wrestling event? I, I don't really know how to do it and get people to well, come. Well, with the names and stuff, you can get people. But the thing is, you need time. You need to get it all over the place. You need to get it all over the Internet, Twitter, Facebook, go, you know, all over the community, go to different. I mean, they had a good – the food was great. They had a lot of people who were there to promote their stuff. That whole – the concessions was awesome. So that stuff, you know, they did get – it was Jersey Pizza who was there. Um, a lot of different places, so I think that stuff like that is how you get it to, pr- to promote it, because those businesses, you give them flyers, and they get people to come out and promote it. I mean, I think that's kind of a big key there, sir. Yeah, but again, word right. of mouth, if you had that, if that event had gone off without a hit, or if it got off better, you would have had much better word of mouth. Now, they'll never run, they'll never run a GCW event in Woodridge again, which is a shame, because a lot of the, some of the wrestling was, it was good, sir. It was, it was good quality. It wasn't crappy. You know, a lot of them look like they belong in a wrestling ring, and uh, not all of them, but a lot of them, and, uh, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the, the actual talent is not that bad. Uh, the concessions are, well, I think, reasonably I think, priced. I think not that bad is, is an, not to cut you off, I think not that bad is an understatement, because I think, you know, if you've seen some uh, companies that shall not be named, but are reminds, <laughs> yeah. are, it rhymes with high WFF, um, <laughs> rhymes with that, but a lot of their talent just look like total jabronis, look like they don't belong, or in the past, they don't belong in a wrestling ring. I mean, you know, not to knock him, he hasn't been on our show in years, and I'm sure he'll never be on again, but Bright Light Jared's Fa- Bright Lights, Jared Foster is definitely the type of guy you look at him, and he he shouldn't be wrestling. He, he does not have a, and I'm not saying I should, because I don't have it, but I mean, this guy is, guys who look like him should not be wrestlers. They should be managers, but they don't look like they could be wrestlers. They don't have the physique for it. Most guys in the WWE look like they're legitimate guys, you know, legitimate athletes. I mean, and some of these guys like the, what, the McIntosh, I forget his name, the Bad Apple, he, he had a good physique. Um, there was another guy, I forget his name, but he was one of the, he wrestled for the title in the, in the main event. And even the guy who was, um, not the champion, but there was one match we saw, I think it was like Elite Orlando or something. He had these like green and black yeah. DX looking tights. I mean, this that guy, his opponent, there was at least four or five people who looked like they could be pro wrestlers instead of just jabronis and bums that they got off the street. Somebody working the concession stand who also happens to be a wrestler. So I think that's the key. I think GCW is a better quality product than what I've seen in, let's say, an IWF and, you know, companies like that. So I, I give them that much. Um, and, you know, with, with the entrance, the, the televisions and everything, I mean, it's definitely a more professional-looking um, arena you know, setup. So I think that, you know, we were to tell Ricky, I would tell him that. I would say he's got good talent, you know, good solid talent. Even the women's wrestlers, they both look in great shape, you know, um, and good intensity. They had a good uh, interaction with the crowd. Some of the, the tag team guys, I forget their name, but the, the – what the hell was it? Uh, not the Pipples. Um, the Hit Squad, oh, I think um, it was. I mean, those hit, guys are pretty big. Squad? 
Yeah, pretty big dudes. They were the champions. They looked like they, they could wrestle. Their opponents looked like they could wrestle. My only knock on them was the fact that they didn't have the tag titles, which made no sense to me. But other than right. that, I mean, I think it was definitely a better quality product than a lot of the indie stuff that I've ever seen, sir. And, uh, you know, I would say I would give them a thumbs up in that respect. A lot, a lot of what they put on was good. It wasn't boring. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you know, get this get this crap off the, off the stage. Again, I've been to other promotions where you see a lot of just lesser-looking talent. You know, the quality of the matches is kind of ridiculous. They, they don't look like they belong in a wrestling ring at all. Um, so many people that I can think of and that I can name now, but, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get have them get the hit squad after me, sir, but just, just they did not look low budget. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and Ricky actually has a, a really strong connection with the WWE. I mean, he, he doesn't like get paid for, by them, but he does know, like, you know, he does know Vince, he does know Triple H, and um, right. even even people that wrestled way back when, people like Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, uh, even uh, Ted DiBiase, people like that, he still has a connection with them, and those are people that we hope to actually interview on Pure Gold. The thing with well, Ricky course, is that... Day. Yeah, one day. The one thing with Ricky is that um, he gets a lot, he got a lot of merchandise, a lot of merchandise donated from the WWE. I don't know if he went backstage to where I they were doing those raffles. I still want to know, sir. I still want to know how this guy commutes from Tennessee to New Jersey. That is just mind-boggling to me. But aside from that, um, when you look at when you look at the again the product itself, it's definitely better quality. So I would love to sit down with him. I would love to talk. I would love to to give him my thoughts on it because honestly, I think I look at it and I'm like, you know what, this is this is pretty decent stuff. And there's definitely uh, room for improvement, I'd say. As far as the whole Jake the Snake Roberts thing, I, I actually wanted to watch the resurrection of Jake. But I haven't gotten a chance to uh, to watch it, sir. Um, it's on Netflix, so I got to check it out. It's on my list. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, carry on with the uh, sports entertainment. Um, not that this is uh, going to come as shocking news to you, but um, I actually started watching Raw last night, and um, I actually turned it off about 8:20 because what they did was they did a little promotion, a little promo for the Money in the Bank. They had oh, like. They had all six guys on the ladder, on a ladder, talking, uh, promoting the match. So the first match was, I, I believe, like Dean Ambrose against whoever it was. But here's where, where it really got annoying to me. They had just whoever come back from a com- they had just come back from a commercial, and you know how they take how they do commercials like often. Well, anyway, they came back right. from a commercial, and literally three minutes into the match, after they came back from commercial, they went to another commercial, and that's when I said. You know, after this, I'm just going to DVR and just fast forward it uh, either tonight or tomorrow because I've had enough of their the, the way they take commercial breaks now is just utterly ridiculous. No, I know you're you're such a weirdo. Your whole thing with Thank commercial you. breaks and stuff it's just you're a strange, sick freak. Let's put it that way, a sick puppy. But um, aside from that, I I tuned it off. I mean, I was here with my kids. My wife was out, so I was kind of watching the girls, and in between that, I watched the first, like, five minutes, and I was like, man, this is total crap. That whole humiliation of Teddy Long, that whole segment, and I'm sure he purposely was flubbing lines and stuff. He looked like a total schmuck. It served no purpose. Basically, Stephanie comes out there and just insults him and calls him a senile old fool, and, you know, they get rid of him. It's just... It just he, he got emasculated completely. I'm, I was thinking to myself today, why would Teddy even have come back for that. It's not like he has to come on the air to get abused, so I didn't see the point of that. And then after that whole mess of a segment, then she's like, well, you know what, we're going to give you this, and she puts all six guys in a match against each other, and I'm like, I don't want to see this crap. It's just totally uninteresting to me. Did not catch my attention. Shane wasn't there. I can't stand Stephanie. You know, she's a face one week, she's a heel the next week. It's just, it's just bad television, sir. 
So I, I think the Money in the Bank match, though, is decent. I think this is perfect. This is a perfect way for Kevin Owens to actually win. Uh, he's my only pick. He's my he's my lock to actually win the Money in the Bank. And I'm only wait. mentioning this because we might not do a show next week. So. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, hold on. Wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. Wait, first of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David. For a second, let me. Wait a second. <laughs> I will never get tired of that club. But um, so are those six guys the only guys in the Money in the Bank match? There's not. It's not That's, a 45 yeah. guy, uh, 45 man match. No, they used to have eight. Remember, now it's down to six. So those you know are the what? six. They've right had there. seven. They've had eight. They've had six. Pretty soon they're gonna have a Money in the Bank ladder match with two guys. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think there's no chance in hell that anybody other than Kevin, I'd be shocked if anybody other than Owens wins. The only dark horse to me would be Cesaro, but I think it's pretty much 100% locked that Kevin Owens wins, which probably means that Chris Jericho wins it in three minutes. <laughs> and Chris Jericho takes credit for actually creating that match, which, which is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, too. he did, and he's never won it, which is... <laughs> I, I just want to know, how long is Jericho going to hang around for? He's been around for a long time. Um... WrestleMania has been over for a few months, and he's still here. It's surprising. I'm guessing he's going to stay at least till SummerSlam. And not that I mind, because I love Chris Jericho. Although his whole midlife crisis, getting, you know, a million tattoos thing is kind of worrisome. But other than that, I think that, um, you know, he's uh, he's a great entertainer. I can't see him winning it. It'd be great if he did, just because he could finally say, after 37 Money in the Bank matches, the matches I create, I finally won. So that would, that would be great which, of course, means it's never going to happen. So I agree with you. i, I got to pick Kevin Owens to win that match. Yeah, and then you have a, a decent match with, uh, you know, Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns for the title. But um, for somehow, some way, I don't see, even though Seth Rollins claims he's never lost the title, which he hasn't, I don't see him actually <laughs> winning the title um, at no, the Money in the Bank. I, I, could see this, I could see this match going, um, how should I explain this? Ugh. I could see this going in a sense where they do it. Um, how should I how should I put this? I, you know, you're talking about this match. I could see it where it's a DQ of some sort, something to that effect, where basically it ends up where you know Seth doesn't get beaten cleanly or whatever the case. Is. And he, you know, he's not. I'm not a huge fan of Seth Rollins, but I gotta tell you, the WWE continuously drops the ball with these guys. He came back. He was white hot. The fans are crazy. They're screaming his name three. You know, 30 seconds into his promo, he's, he's taking a dump on the audience. Meanwhile, they're forced to cheer for Roman Reigns or forced, forcing Roman Reigns down their throat. If the WWE would just be organic and embrace things, you'd have a heel Roman Reigns going up against a face Seth Rollins, and everyone would be happy. I wouldn't mind seeing Roman Reigns as a, as a heel champion, but, you know, it never happened, so uh, go to hell. I mean, this sums it up. Shame on you! Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta record that. You guys can insert Vince McMahon at the end of it. We, we just gotta figure this out there. <laughs> so speaking of sports entertainment, as we get closer to the money in the bank, I guess the next night will be the quote-unquote draft or whatever they decide to do. They'll, they'll announce that they split the the roster up. So uh, that's what's what's gonna happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but sports entertainment, and I've been thinking about this for a while. I was like, how come Brock Lesnar has been off the TV for the last like since WrestleMania? And uh, we found out. Uh, a couple of days ago, that Brock Lesnar is actually going back for a one-time only, I believe, US, UFC uh, yeah. f- fight, right? UFC 200? Yes. 
Yes, I mean, what brought this? What brought this on? I, I mean, is this like something that he's got a? It's like something that he needs to do because he's a, he has an ego problem. I mean, I don't understand where this came from and how it all came about. I actually don't know. I have no clue why Brock is doing this. It makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, it should be interesting if nothing else. It's funny because I was talking to my brother about it. And I was telling him how, you know, I love Brock Lesnar, and he's telling me how he hates Brock Lesnar. But yet, when Brock was in uh, UFC before, I, I couldn't stand it. But now that he's back in the WWE, I'm a fan of his, so gotta love the only man to ever kill a shark, so I love Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't get this. I've heard the guy he's fighting, Mark Hunt, who's 12 and 10, has uh, a lot of some, some legitimate punching power. So there's uh, a lot of people are picking Brock to lose this match, because he's been gone for four and a half years. And, you know, people knock wrestling, but let, let's be real. He's been training hard, and he's been wrestling, and he's it's a physical sport. Not the same thing as UFC, but they're still wrestling. There's still moves and things he has to do. So it's not like he's been sitting home eating couch, uh, on his couch eating bonbons for the past four and a half years. But, um, I mean, he's got a chance to win. I just, again, I keep hearing some decent things about Mark Hunt, who, funny enough, again, 12 and 10, not a great record. But they say this guy has a chance to really take down Brock, who's never been the best when it comes to taking a legitimate punch. I think Brock's five and three at the U- in UFCW. Uh, UFC, yeah, I mean, sorry. UFCW, yeah, GCW. <laughs> but but I mean, he is a, a former world champ. So did he win the title twice or was it once? I think it was twice, right? I believe it was twice. I know he beat Frank Mir or Frank Mir. Yeah, well, he beat uh, Randy Couture first, and then he must have yep. beat Frank Mir. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say Brock Lesnar killed uh, two sharks and is the uh, two-time, two-time, two-time UFC champion. So I guess that match is is scheduled for July, correct, on pay-per-view? Yeah, July 9th, I think it is. July 6th or July 9th. What I don't understand, right, is that this guy, is how is he going to be ready in time for SummerSlam? He's training for the UFC presumably in July, which is next month, and then the following month he's going to be ready for SummerSlam? I'm like, I I just don't understand it. It makes no sense, sir. And the thing is, he's like the legitimate like um, he's a legitimate guy that could win the world title. But he's such a part-time wrestler that when they do the brand extension, it's just not going to work out anymore to have a part-time champion on one show. So I don't know if he's ever going to become champion ever again. Yeah, I agree, sir. Uh, I mean, he should win, but there's definitely a chance that he does not ever win. <clears throat> yeah, and um, your guess is that he's on Raw, so we'll see what happens with that. Sticking with UFC, yeah, which we I, never... Yeah, I think that uh, I could see him on Raw. I can't imagine him being on SmackDown, to be honest with you. Yeah. And speak, uh, sticking with UFC, which we never talk about UFC, because we just watch uh, sports entertainment, but uh, Kimbo Slice passed away yesterday at the early age of, I think I believe, 42 or 36. I forget now. Uh, 42. 42. There's another guy that just died, uh, passed away, Sean Rooks from the L.A. Lakers. I don't know if you know the name, but I just saw uh, that. No too. But Kimbo Slice, I mean, they don't even mention what happened, and the guy was, um, you know, it couldn't have been, you know, it, I guess it could have been a drug overdose, but um, it's a shame to hear that Kimbo Slice has passed away. Definitely. I mean, you know, he was famous for, of course, the bump fights and backyard wrestling and stuff like that, but, um, you know, he uh, he was definitely first person That's for he fought. He fought uh, Frank uh, Ken Shamrock, if I'm not mistaken, um, or maybe maybe I'm thinking something totally different. But I know Kimbo had uh, an interesting career, and he was definitely an internet sensation. It's a shame. I mean, anytime you die at 42 years old, uh, that that's awful. No matter how you slice it. Yeah. So Kimbo Slice has passed away, I guess. And then we could just segue right into the biggest death of the week is the 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 icon uh, known as the greatest 
just if you, just the two words, the greatest, you know that we're talking about Muhammad Ali, the uh, sudden and not tragic because I, I think he was he was sick for a while. Yeah, uh, he was sick for a long time. I don't even think sudden could be. You could consider it sudden. I mean, he, I mean, it wasn't unexpected. This was going to happen at some point. I mean, he had been yeah. sick for for decades. It seems. But yeah, Muhammad Ali passed away Friday night, late Friday night. I got after I got home from uh, the GCW event, um, we had heard that Muhammad Ali had passed away. And what I learned about Muhammad Ali, anyway, is that he, he either really liked the guy or, or really respected the guy, or he really hated him. And what I started listening to callers on the fan was that a lot of the military actually loathed the guy for uh, dodging, you know, the Vietnam War, where right. they say that you know they think he's a hero, but. Most of these military guys like loathe the guy for dodging the war, and uh, I actually see their point of view. I mean, and I know that you know if you stand up for something that you believe in, like you know he didn't believe in war, he believed in peace. But in, essentially, if you're if you're dodging the draft, you're you're kind of going against your country, and uh, it's very well, interesting. What's to interesting is that he was a, he was a draft dodger. He didn't believe in war, but he was associated with the Nation of Islam, which is a very militant organization. And it's funny because I'm talking to my dad today. Right, my dad was in his. Uh, his 20s during all that, the Vietnam War, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, of course, in my typical, you know, Angel from Woodland Park, typical fashion, I mean, he gave me a non-answer answer. And I asked him what he thought about Muhammad Ali, and he pretty much uh, just spoke nonsense, which is what he does on a regular basis. So, I, you know, I was trying to get a legitimate. Um, oh, by the way, Lesnar was a one-time USC champ. He happened to fight for the interim title. Um, he, he unified it. With uh, Murr, and then Murr defeated him. I don't know. This is this whole big mess. But um, he defeated Couture, and then he defeated the interim champion uh, twice. So Brock, Brock had a couple of defenses, and then he lost it. But uh, getting back to uh, the whole Muhammad Ali thing, you know, it, it's a, he's a very polarizing figure, and somebody who obviously was extremely famous, and people knew about him. You know, some people loved him, like you said. Some people hated him. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I stand in the whole thing because obviously I'm too young to have ever watched him fight. And the whole draft thing, you know, he, he seems to always have a very anti-white American sentiment. Um, so I think there's that whole bit of controversy. So I'm not really sure where I would uh, fall in terms of that. Obviously, he's a great fighter, um, you know, one of the greatest of all time. You know, there's a lot of all sorts. Joe Frazier called him a gorilla, which, you know, is uh, some a racial slur. You know, but now, especially back then, I'm not sure if it was considered that so much. I know a lot of people did not like him for the way that he spoke about Joe Frazier, and then afterwards, after fighting Frazier, spoke highly of him. So I don't know. I mean, he was definitely a he was definitely a, a lyricist, uh, if nothing else, sir. He was a guest referee at WrestleMania one, which is his, yes, uh, his. But the thing about Muhammad Ali is like I was thinking about this: is that if he had retired at a younger age and not taken such a beating and. Uh, I don't think he developed Parkinson's, but he also had Parkinson's from um, he developed it, and then it got worse and worse and worse. But, you know, sir, he was the original trash talker, if you think about it, in terms of he would have been great in wrestling. I mean, if you think of Muhammad Ali, he was the rock of boxing. I mean, he was, like, the best trash talker there was. In a, in a sport that they didn't do trash talking, he did so much trash talking in boxing. Yeah, he did. He definitely did, sir. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, again, a great fighter, somebody who – you know, people are going to have their opinions on, and definitely not the type of guy you just say, oh, whatever, Mom, not a big deal. He was a big deal. Um, one of my favorite scenes in Coming to America is when, you know, a, 
the guys in the barbershop are talking about Cassius Clay, you know, his mom and him and Clay, I'm going to call him Clay. And the funny thing is, he rejected, this is an interesting tidbit that I didn't know until this week. You know, of course, he rejected his name, uh, his birth name was Cassius Marcellus Clay, and he rejected it as being his slave name. But the man that he was named after was a white man who was a slave, um, who was an anti-slavery advocate, somebody who had death threats, and he actually tried to kill him multiple times. I think he lived into his, his 90s, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy was very much anti-slavery and, and you know, pro-black, being a white man. And this is who, who Cassius Clay was literally named after, his entire name, first, middle, last name. And, um, you know, he rejected that. He rejected the, the quote-unquote slave name. And took Muhammad Ali, but that whole scene in Coming to America is great. He goes, Muhammad Ali Clay, I'm gonna call him Clay. So you know, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and obviously we were way too young to watch his boxing matches. So if we had Angel or even Neil from formerly from Belleville on, they could probably tell us about the matches that hey, the boxing Dave, they had. Remember me? <laughs> and uh, the one thing about, <laughs> and this is a total side note about this, but they're they're gonna have his uh this whole his show real funeral. Is a total side note. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they're going to have his funeral on Thursday, his real funeral on Thursday, and then they're going to do a memorial on Friday because I believe Islam doesn't do uh, ceremonies for the dead on Friday, so they have to do it on Thursday for him. The real one's on Thursday. The one for the for America is on Friday, I believe. And the reason why I bring this up is the fact that there's rumors that Obama is going to actually attend this, and I have issues with Obama attending. Oh, please. Israel. You're going to talk about really... that scum, scum in chief? Well, the reason why I have an issue with this is that he decided not to show up to Nancy Reagan's funeral uh, a couple months back because he had to attend some entertainment festival um, wherever he went. So for him, if he shows up at Muhammad Ali's, I, I, I have some uh, – not that I have already – I have even more issues with the, the current president of the United States if he does go to Muhammad Ali's uh, funeral. Yeah, well, you know, President Obama has been great when it comes to dodging funerals and dodging everything. I mean, you know, piece of work he is. Yeah, and I guess uh, Hillary, after tonight, I believe, clinched the nomination or will be your Republican nominee, and uh, the stage is set for Yeah, Hillary's going to cross party lines and be the Republican nominee. That's awesome. That, that's some <laughs> crack reporting there, Joe. I didn't say that. What did I say that? You did. You said she's going to be your Republican nominee. I thought I, I thought I said she's going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party, but uh. No, you said Republican. Republican and Democrats are nothing alike. If you were here right now, I would just super kick you right in the face. You would uh, do this to me, I know. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Do you want to throw sometime? Bang. This is the Manny Pacquiao who has dominated boxing for the past three years. How great is that clip, huh? <laughs> that that is a great clip. He did a Love good job it. with that one. Um, so, <laughs> so while we have 15 minutes here, and uh, we we might as well talk about the uh, NBA Finals, which uh, surprisingly, not surprisingly, uh, the Golden State Warriors are up two nothing against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I thought this finals last week I had mentioned that this thing was going to go seven. I thought this was going to be a little bit more competitive, but Golden State has blown them out the first two games. And what I've noticed about this series this year is that the Golden State Warriors, they're so deep in terms of their stars and their bench that they score at will against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't care who you put out uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, and LeBron James is probably going to go two and four, two and four, yeah, two and four um, in his career in the finals. 
but this team is no comparison to the, the Golden State Warriors, sir. If you if you see them, Curry doesn't have to score 30 or 40 points. Klay Thompson doesn't need to score 30 points for them to win this year. Their bench is so deep that uh, this might be a sweep if they win tomorrow night. Yeah. I just don't understand how – explain this to me. I don't understand how – I was going to say Barack Obama. LeBron <laughs> James has a worse team last year than the team that he's got going on um, this year. And, I mean, they're in the, they could possibly just get blown out and swept. How is that even possible? Explain that it, to me, sir. Thank you. It, it's only possible you, because, I, like I said, the Golden State Warriors have a bench that's, that could be a starting five on any other team. If the Knicks had this, the bench of the uh, Golden State Warriors, I think they'd be in the finals this year. I mean, that's how good I think their bench is for the Golden State Warriors. Well, how bad is the East? That's all I want to know. Yeah, I mean, you could lock up next year, barring a freak injury. You could pretty much lock up the Golden State. Um, the Golden, you could lock up the Cleveland Cavaliers, making it back to the finals again. If if LeBron James, I think he's signed for one more year with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you could pretty much. I mean, I know that I joke with the Boston Celtics, but uh, the Boston Celtics, if they make some moves because they have cap room and they have some great draft picks, but uh, you could lock up another. And I don't know if about Golden State making it back to the finals because. The West is always tricky with the Spurs, who actually took a downturn this year. But Oklahoma City, again, a team that might make it to the finals, but you know they spit the bit this this past uh, this past year. There's really no one that can, to get, give Golden State a real, real, real challenge, except for that last year that Oklahoma City did. Of course, Oklahoma City should have won. They screwed it, uh, screwed it up big time. Hey, listen. Uh, on a side note, I want to I want to just rip LeBron James for a minute. And I told you I yeah. have more respect for him than I did in the past. Definitely the fact that he's been able to take teams with no talent all the way to the finals. Gotta gotta give it up to him for that. I mean, you know, again, I've talked about players switching eras, and you know, Michael maybe probably would have done it. You put LeBron back in the day. He does not winning any titles against those amazing you know, Bulls and Celtics teams and, uh, of course, the Magic with the Lakers. But this is a quote from Steve Kerr. Let me see what you think about this. Phil Jackson used to call Scottie Pippen a sometimes shooter. Sometimes they would go in, sometimes they wouldn't. That's how it is with LeBron. He's a great talent and a great player, but you can see his flaws as a basketball player. He doesn't have an offensive game that he can rely on. No low post game, no mid-range jump shots. When the game really gets tough, he has a hard time finding easy baskets and getting himself going. That's what Michael did in his sleep, so that's why the comparison is wrong. Again, there's bias because this is Steve Kerr, of course, you know, coach of the Warriors, and also teaming at Michael Jordan for so many years. But uh, give us your take on that, sir. And this was posted by my wife's nephew, who actually says he's a LeBron James fan. But I saw it earlier, and I had to go back to it. Give me your thoughts on that. I mean, I still think LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time for the fact well, that no, he's a Well, no, you said all- that he's the greatest of all time. You have said that. Those words have actually come out of your filthy mouth. Well, I would still take probably Russell over him, considering that, you know, Russell is a Celtic. But LeBron, if I was starting a team right now, I probably would pick LeBron James to start my team um, in the NBA right now. And I, I, I see where Kerr is coming from. The only question I would throw back at Kerr is that, if if Michael Jordan was on this team with the Cleveland Cavaliers, do you think they make it to the finals with Michael Jordan? I think so. I mean, again, you know, it's a different era, different everything, but I I would think so. Michael Jordan was a beast. Michael Jordan was the kind of guy who would who would score at will. He would impose his will on opposing players. We've talked about this before. The fact that LeBron is going to six straight NBA finals is impressive. Michael did not do that, you know. But 
if Michael's father does not get killed, he wins eight in a row. That's, you lock that up, throw away the key. 94-95, you know it, I know it, the American people know it. Michael Jordan wins eight titles in a row. No doubt, 100%. Um, with that being said, again, we talk about flip-flopping errors and moving players around. I think LeBron has to get credit because, again, he plays all five positions. Michael wasn't physically capable of doing that. But I've always said this, and I've always thought this, and this is true. This, to me, is truth. I don't think LeBron has that killer instinct. He's a great – you know, he triple-doubles all day. You talked about that. He averages triple-double every night, which is impressive. But a big part of the reason with the assist and he gets a triple-double is the fact that he passes the ball off and he won't take that killer shot. He did it. He did not do it in the 06 finals against um, the uh, Mavericks, you know, with, uh, with the Heat. He didn't do it. The Mavericks whooped him. They whooped him like they owed him money. You know, he owed them money. And then, of course, these guys' titles, uh, he won a couple of titles over there with, uh, with you yeah. know, Wade and, and Bosch. But, I mean, again, LeBron hasn't been surrounded with great talent, admittedly. And the East is terrible. But you can't take away the fact that he is not that, you know. Let me, let's put it this way. Game on the line. Who do you want? Game on the line, make or break shot. Who do you want to have the ball? That man is not going to be LeBron James. True or true? It's true. You're right. I'm not going to want LeBron James taking that last shot. I'm going to want Michael Jordan taking that last shot because Michael Jordan is just a better shooter. I'm just saying if I need a, a person to be versatile, I don't think Jordan could play right. center. I don't, I don't think he'd play well, forward. No, but he's physically not big enough to play center, so obviously he can't play center. Um, most you're comparing some, you're comparing apples to pizza, basically because you know most guys couldn't do a match, and most guys cannot do a LeBron because they're not physically gifted enough or, ta- or tall enough physically. Um, God didn't make them that big to be able to play all five positions because obviously to be a center you can't be you know a six six center. You know you yeah. can't be a six two center. You got to be big enough. I mean LeBron's six eight if I'm not mistaken. Um, big guy, you know, Magic was a big guy too. So I think that, you know, that's kind of, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, sir. Uh, six foot nine, Magic was six foot nine. Uh, let's let's look at King James. I'm going to have uh, Kelly R. Crack, a reporter here, take a look at all this because she's the, uh, the producer. Um, you know, MJ just was not that big. But again, you, you, you clutch shot. You want to kind of make a shot, it's not going to be LeBron. And I think that's the biggest indictment of whether he's the quote-unquote greatest player of all time. Hell, I'd pick Kobe over him the shot made, you know. And that's me personally. I'm going to pick Kobe Bryant over him for that. Uh, yeah, LeBron is 6'8". I mean, 6'8", 250. That, that's a big boy. Yeah. You know, let's look at uh, King Jordan. I mean, not uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Cornelius Griffin Jordan the third, 6'6". You know, two, two full inches. He's just not... He was, and he was a shooter. Michael was a shooter. He's gonna. That was that was all day. He's not gonna be a point guard. He's gonna be a shooter. So you know, I just wanted to throw that out there, sir. It's you and, uh, and yours. So I mean, we we debated this about this off the air, uh, but LeBron James is two and four in the finals. You don't think he's ever gonna win another championship again? Is that correct? No, I didn't say I don't think he's ever going to win the championship again because I said this to you before. I was on my honeymoon when the decision came down. I hated every aspect of that. It was just over-the-top theatrical garbage to me. But the fact that he went back to his hometown, back to Cleveland, back to try to win, I admire that, and I do hope that he wins the title in Cleveland. I just, Again, the East is so terrible, maybe he's going to make it 10 years in a row. But eventually he's going to have to win. Eventually. 
win one of these titles, he can't go two and eight. My thing is, is it going to hurt LeBron, the fact that he's lost so many titles? Are people going to, 10, 20 years from now, when they're, they're, we're watching LeBron, we're here, you know, watching him on a daily basis, well, you are, but he's a contemporary, so I can watch him, I can turn on the TV and watch him. 10 years from now, it's not going to be the case. 20 years from now, are people going to look at this and say, wow, LeBron, great career, but he was 2-8 and eight in the finals, you know, and is that going to, is that going to kill his quote-unquote legacy? You know, or people are going to look at that and say, well, he wasn't that good. No one's looking at Michael and saying, wow, if only Michael had won one other title. No, people are saying, wow, 6-0 in the finals. Uh, he was MVP. Was he MVP of the finals all six times, or was it five-time finals MVP? Six-time finals see. MVP. So he was he was a finals MVP every single time he played. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. You know, 14-time NBA All-Star. You know, 10-time NBA All-First Team, et cetera, et cetera. And, again, LeBron has impressive stats. I'm not saying he doesn't. It's just that killer instinct to me that separates him from Michael Jordan and from guys like that. And, again, he's a better overall player than Kobe. I don't think that's really in question, although, you know, you have your local Kobe people, your loyal Kobe people. But Kobe had that killer instinct that LeBron just doesn't have. So my question goes back to you. He never wins a title again. He's going to lose this year. He never wins a title again. He's 2-4 and four in the finals. Not a good record. Never wins one in Cleveland. Where is he looked at all time 10 years from now? How are people going to view LeBron James? I personally think they're going to look at him as one of the top 15, top 20 greatest basketball players of all time because in basketball you can't win a title all by yourself. And I know that right. – you're gonna get mad. Well, no sports. Can you do that? Uh, well, I think you cannot win yeah. a title in any sport by yourself. Right, but I'm I saying, when, you know, I hate when people say, "Hold on," I hate when people make that comment which you just made. There's not a single sport on the planet that's a team game where you can win by yourself. In football, there's like 50 guys on the team. You can't win in football by yourself. You can't win if you have no wide receivers. Receivers, if you have no offensive line, if you have no defense. In baseball, Matt, Matt Harvey can't win a game by himself. You know, Jacob DeBron, DeGrom can't win a game by himself. Thor can't win a game by himself. Maybe the real Thor, but not Noah Syndergaard. My point being, they're all team sports. You, only, you need a whole team. In basketball, one guy has the ability to dominate more than in any other sport. That's a fact. One guy can wreck a game unlike in baseball. You know, because LeBron can have the freaking ball 40 minutes a game, and he could, you know, lay the smack down on, on everyone. But you got to put talent around him. That's what they did with the big three. You talked about your big three in in um, Boston, but the big three in Miami, I mean, oh, by the way, I totally agree with you, big three screwed it. They should have won more than one title. But when That's you fun. look at LeBron, I mean, again, you, Jordan doesn't win without Pippen. He's not going to win six titles without Pippen, let's be real. So I think you always have to have that extra that second superstar. And now in the NBA, you need the, the great one like LeBron. You need a superstar, and then you need a star. You need a three-man team. You do. I mean, that's what's come down to. I was going to say, uh, without Scottie Pippen uh, or even like uh, somebody like Steve Kerr or John Paxson, uh, I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if the Bulls actually win six titles. I mean, Jordan was great. Of course. I just think I just think that they probably don't win all six. That's all I'm saying. I think without a Paxson and Kerr, you still could have won, but they were obviously key players. I think if you take away Scottie Pippen, I don't know how many titles Jordan wins. I think yeah. that's how valuable he was. And then again, looking at LeBron, it's two titles that he won with Dwayne Wade. You get rid of Dwayne, you get rid of Bosch. They're probably not winning those titles either, as good as LeBron is. Um, I have to correct myself. I have no idea why I said um, 2006. I guess I was thinking of a totally different final. But um, 2010 was uh, 
was, if I'm not mistaken, when he went to the Heat first year, and that's when uh, you know he was in the finals and they lost that year. Yeah, to the the Mavericks, right? Who the hell won in 2006? Why am I thinking about 2006? I believe the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers for the first time, and the Spurs uh, probably swept him, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm going to actually look up. I'm going to have Kelly look up the 2006 NBA Finals so I can uh, check this out here. You know, is is this the most you and I have ever spent uh, talking basketball and debating it? I mean, this is we've been on this for a while. Yeah, we have. And uh, with like two minutes to go, we should probably say that um, you know, no, a week later. In 06. I knew it. it. It was Dwayne Wade who led the Heat to win in 06. Okay. Okay. I, I knew it was the Heat. Anyway, you're saying. It was 07 then that the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James got swept by the Spurs. But um, we got two, three minutes left, and uh, it's it's not a good sign, sir. I mean, we didn't talk about them at all, but the the Mets' offense has been so anemic that they got they lost one nothing on Sunday, and I thought they were going to lose three nothing today, except for that one run they scored. They lost a doubleheader today. Yep, they lost three one three one. Mats pitched the first game. Degrom pitched the second game. But the Mets' offense right now is so bad, so anemic that uh, even with this great starting pitching, like your brother had said, this team is like going closer to 500 than actually going 10 games above 500. And now the the, the Nationals have the Nationals have built a three and a half or four game lead in that division, and it's not good. It's not looking good. I was talking to believe it or not, I was talking to Flips uh, off the air before this before the show tonight, uh, right before the show started. And I, we were talking about how pathetic the offense is and just how bad the Mets are in general. If you remove the talent that they have uh, on the mound, Mets are easily, in my, my opinion, 15 games under 500. Easily. Yeah. They're pitching so good, but they're third, second or third at this point, worst in the league, in, in the majors, actually, I think, in runs scored. One of the leading teams, if not these, if, I think they still lead the National League in home runs, but they don't score runs because, you know, they're second or third worst in all of baseball. You cannot win games like that. You can't win a World Series. This is why last year stuck in my cross so much because they should have won last year. And if they had, this is a non-issue. You have to take advantage when you have um, when you have the ability to go to the World Series because it's such a rare thing in baseball these days. I mean, look at the um, look at the Royals. They're having all kinds of problems now. Mike Mustak is out for the year. They're third baseman. I mean, that's obviously a huge blow. Um, and I just think that, you know, you can't take it for granted. So not capitalizing on these opportunities really is just unforgivable. And now we're looking at the Mets probably not doing anything this year um, and just being an awful team. Yeah, and you got the starting pitching that – I mean, with with Harvey coming back the last two starts, he had another great start on Sunday. He lost another one nothing game, and I think he leads probably the majors uh, with his career losing one nothing games. But the fact that Harvey's now back, he got probably four legitimate. Oh yeah, I would you say he's back? Yeah, I mean, after two games like that, I think he is back. Um, I think I over- think the fact that they were talking about his mechanical issues, and he comes out and has the two longest games of the year back-to-back, gives up one or two runs, is pretty dominant. You know, he he looked like Matt Harp two weeks in a row. I think that's a huge thing. Going seven innings, two games in a row after not even being able to get out of the fifth inning most of the times, I think obviously they did find something wrong. They fixed it. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I guess that's the biggest shame of it all is that now you have DeGrom, who's pitching pretty decently. Matt is pitching great. Uh, Syndergaard's pitching great. And now Harvey's back. And this team is going closer to 500 than trying to, you know, get, get towards first place. And the Nationals, you know, if you know, if they take another couple games and they're up six or seven games, 
I don't think the Mets are ever going to catch them, especially with this anemic offense. And the Mets I have agree. the chips. Go ahead. No, I was saying, how do you not score runs? I don't understand this. This team has Yohannes um, Cespedes, who was a huge offensive cog last year. Michael Conforto has been in a huge slump. I mean, Neil Walker, Drupal Cabrera, guys who have been productive. I mean, the Mets, have, they can't score runs. Right out probably for the, most of the year. Uh, Lucas Duda, who I've never been a fan of, is still out. Who knows when he's coming back. Travis Darno, please get this guy off my team. I say Matt Harvey's never going to stay here. Get rid of him. Trade him now that he seems like he's back. Trade him at the trade deadline and get a huge offensive player. Get a, two huge offensive players for him. I mean, this guy could be an ace on a different team. Get rid of him. You've got control. You know, you're never going to win with when you can't score runs. You know, the Mets need a third baseman. They need a catcher. Rivera's going to be the main catcher now because Puecki is terrible. You know, put him behind the plate. That's fine. But the guy can't really hit. He's a good he's a good receiver, but he can't hit. And you can't carry that bat when you have no third baseman and no first baseman. You know, and James Loney's not gonna get the job done. Um there's nobody at third. It's just to me you need to have an all star type guy in one of those positions. You need an offense. The Mets have no offense. And most of like I was telling Flips, we were kinda of arguing about this, but most of their guys are streaky. Most guys in baseball are probably streaky. But you need to you need some huge improvements here. I don't know where they're coming from. Oh, and a total side note, I'm going to read this. I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but I mentioned Neil Walker. Um, I'm going to read this. This is like two paragraphs. I'll read this real quick. Did you know that um, Neil Walker basically owes his life to Roberto Clemente, literally and figuratively? <laughs> what what do you do? I'm going to read this to you. You only already know that a Pittsburgh, former Pittsburgh Pirates second baseman, now New York Mets second baseman, Neil Walker, group of Pirates fan in the Pittsburgh area. But Walker's connection to the franchise runs much deeper than 20 years' worth of heartache he suffered during their now-defunct losing stretch. Walker's father, Tom, played winter ball with Pirates legend Roberto Clemente. And as detailed on MLB Network's MLB Tonight, Tom Walker helped Clemente load relief supplies onto the plane that crashed and killed the Hall of Famer at 38 in 1972. Hmm. And the other Walker was about to get on the plane himself until Clemente talked him out of it. Now, Neil was born 13 years later, so in a way, he basically owes his entire existence to Roberto Clemente. If his father had gotten on that plane, he would have died, and Neil Walker never would have been born. Amazing. That is, isn't that, like, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So I wanted to throw that out there. But, yeah, the Mets stink, and uh, that's, that's all i got to say about that. Well, oh, time out. Before we close yeah. up the show, I know we're getting ready to close out, but this is kind of a big deal. You know Supergirl's moving to CW. They've got Supergirl on Mondays, you know, Flash on Tuesdays, Arrow on Wednesdays, and then Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday. But you know who's going to be making a finally legitimate actual guest appearance on Supergirl? Uh, Superman? Yep. After what they did the first season, they pretty much showed him blurry. They, she never got a clear view of him. You know, they showed his feet. They showed him flying. They never showed him. Now they're actually in the process of casting an actor to play the role to appear in the first two episodes of the season, which is huge. Now, to me, although obviously it's a different timeline, I would say, what is Tom Welling doing these days? Because to yep, me, that's exactly. Superman. Um, I can't imagine who they're going to pick, but I am just excited about the fact that they're finally going to give him a proper introduction into the Supergirl universe, which means he can appear possibly in those big crossovers with uh, Justice League. I mean, the fake Justice League they're building with the Legends of Tomorrow with Flash and Arrow. I mean, you could legitimately have Superman appearing on one of those shows now that they're going to cast the actor. Plus, I think it's weird that they're allowing this because they pretty much wrote out all the Suicide Squad characters, including Amanda Waller from Arrow, because of the movie coming up, and they don't want to confuse the audiences, but now you're going to have two different Supermen. So explain that to me. <laughs> Good point. 
and uh, we, maybe we can pick this up next week and we can talk some more Mets, maybe get Flips on uh, and just destroy the Mets as we usually do and uh, get some entertainment stuff talking. But uh, I definitely, know that if, before we close out the show, I definitely want to thank uh, Julie for calling in and Alicia for calling in today. Well, she actually, I, I didn't see that she, <laughs> she had messaged me something about covering the primary, so what if we did Thursday? But, of course, we're not doing Thursday, so I'll break it to her. But we'll, hopefully we'll have a guest soon. One of these days, Nikki Boyer is allegedly going to call in next week. I've been hearing lies from Nikki for months, so who knows, but we'll try to get somebody to call in. Yeah, and before we close out, I know this Saturday is a um, somebody's uh, birthday, so uh, have a happy and a healthy birthday. Enjoy Absolutely, your day. Absolutely, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, I'll be receiving my extremely expensive gift from you soon. Uh, you know. There you go. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens about that. But yes, yeah, Saturday, that's it. The big three-five, sir. And do you remember what it was like to turn thirty-five? I know it's been a long time. I would lock up 35 and keep it for the next five years if I could. That's how much I miss 35. <laughs> well, did you have hair back then? Because I'm pretty sure it's all gone at this point. Yeah, I had no hair back then, so it's gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. Listen, it's been a pleasure. Yours, of course. Um, folks, for the two of you out there listening, we really appreciate you uh, not tuning in and not calling in because that's what this show's about. People who never call in and uh, lie to us and tell us they're coming up. I mean, at this point, the show is pretty much just two idiots on the phone talking to each other. Well, you realize that we could just have this conversation on the phone in 20 oh, minutes definitely. instead of, you know, wasting our time doing the show. But, uh, yep. again, thanks to nobody for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, my wife is actually listening because she's been here for the past 30 minutes giving me, you know, offensive faces and just looking at me like I'm a complete idiot. But, folks, uh, thank you. And she instructs her shoulders in, in agreement. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully, by that point, I'll have the website uh, up and running, but probably not. Um, have a wonderful evening, sir, and as always, it's been a pleasure. Yours, of course. Uh, what's the name of your show? We, out of your home. Yeah. <laughs> I love that clip. <laughs> and next week, we're definitely going to have... Uh, that's a nice key. i got to find it. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Pure yes, sir. Gold. i got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are. Have a wonderful evening, folks. Woo! 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.